when it comes to the issue of obeying God. Don't ever say because somebody said, and the person is, is my pastor, is my bishop, is my archbishop, and what he or she is saying is against what you know. Now, it doesn't mean you are right, but at least your conviction is based upon the fear of God. If your conviction is based upon your knowledge of the word of God and the fear of God, never go against it for anybody. The older person should instruct you in the word of God, in the ways of the Lord. Because God speaking to you directly is superior to somebody said that God said to him through an angel. See, three steps. Mm. One is a prophet, two is through an angel. But the Lord has spoken to you directly. So, for me, I will say, never go against what you know for anybody. Then just bear this in mind, which I think is the most crucial lesson there. Prophets lie. Pastors lie. Bishops lie. Anybody can lie. Hello and welcome. This is Kingdom Word Radio. And the program right now is Ask Pastor Banky. Today's episode promises to be a very exciting one. And this is, if this is your first time of joining us, believe me, you're in for a great time. And as Pastor Banky, we have the privilege to ask Pastor questions that border on our work with the Lord. Uh, that if we need any clarification concerning doctrinal issues. Or of course, if there are any issues you have concerning any of the books or messages you've heard Pastor preach or write. Then you can send your questions to ask at pastor.ng ask at pastor.ng and you will get your responses believe me of course you can join all our socials facebook instagram and twitter at the kw radio okay my name is hope and we'll take a short break we'll be right back This is Kingdom Word Radio, and if you're just joining us, this is Ask Pastor Banky. Um, if you have any questions for Pastor Banky, please feel free to send them to ask at pastor.ng. And of course, join the conversation on all our face on all our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the KW Radio. Pastor Banky is in the house. And who is Pastor Banky? He's Dr. Bankole Olushino, the founder of Kingdom Word Ministries, which he operates with his lovely wife from Enugu, Nigeria. Pastor also has a website, pastor.ng, and there you get for free download over 1,500 messages, over 25 books, several short sermons and tracts. Believe me, they're all free to download. So kindly avail yourself this wonderful opportunity. Thank you very much, Pastor. Yeah, good day. <laughs> it's nice to be here again today. Yes, we, we appreciate your taking time out to be here. Thank you so very much. Um, okay, so Pastor, we'll go quickly to our first question. And um, this is from a sister. She says that I am a Christian single female. And um, I love the Lord and I want to please him in everything I do. Mm-hmm. I am 50 years old and I am considering carrying out an IVF. Please, sir. I need answers. Is it wrong for a Christian to do this? Well, um, 
She's single. Wrong. Yes, that's it. She's single. She. There's a technology in vitro fertilization in which you can have an an egg that's been fertilized by donor sperm from somebody she does not know, has no idea who it is, and then she brings out a child if everything goes well after some months into a home where there's no father. They just go out of your way to produce a literally fatherless baby, you know? Yeah. Mm. I put it in another perspective. So the answers are kind of coming up mm. already. Okay? Now, after analyzing this up and down, I, my, generally, my general advice to people is don't do it. Mm. You're being selfish. You're not thinking of the child at all. Because people have said that, can a single woman adopt a child? I say, you see, a single woman adopting a child is solving a problem, not producing one. There's a world of difference. A child you're adopting has been born, has no parents most of the times, it's an orphan, and then you're offering one parent. Okay. It's very different from one that has not been born, who you want to bring into this world with one parent. There's a world of difference. So if people ask, if that kind of person, I'll say, please go and adopt a baby. Okay. Don't do an IVF. When you're doing an IVF, I found that what you are only do, what you are doing is that you're solving to your own mind your own problem. But you don't know you're also creating a problem. You are creating a problem. We all know that raising a child by one parent worldwide mm-hmm. is a problem for the mother and for the child. And if it's a father, for the father and for the child. However, there are situations that are you know, thrust upon you. You can't do anything about it. You have a couple, they are married then the man dies. Okay. The woman has to step in and be both a father and a mother to these children. It's a problem. Or the woman dies. Now the man has to be the father and the mother to these kids. So God has to help out. Or like God is now compelled to help because it's a situation that is thrust upon the individual. It is different from when you create the situation. Hmm. So when a single woman decides to go and go for IVF, I think you are creating a problem. You're not solving one. Oof. My advice, don't. Oof. Okay. Well, I guess you have your answer there. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, not- so there's one thing about these things here. Always think about, you know, there are many things the Bible doesn't talk about. There were not issues when the Bible was compiled. There was no IVF at that time. Do you understand? So there are like three uh-huh. areas. Uh, I don't want to use the word gray in that sense, that you have to now use the... Um, uh, some people call it gray, but what, what, what my own emphasis is the fact that you, you tackle them by going through fundamental Christian virtues and Christian principles. Okay. So that's many times you say, okay, why am I doing this? Do you get my point? Mm-hmm. If you check this individual, it's I, 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 I. I need this. I, so it becomes so selfish. It's not out of love. But if I'm alone and I go and pick a child that somebody abandoned or both parents are missing or a parent gave up and be single, um, a young girl that got my, my pregnant or wedlock gave up the child, now I'm solving a problem. It's not just about I, I, I'm benefiting the process. I will benefit in the process. If you raise a child properly, you will benefit. But this time around, there's a child already there. How can I help? I've read the story of a reverend father 
They don't have wives who want to adopt a child. Mm. Already many years ago. And the reason was that they had a lot of um, what you call motherless. Of course, one is the motherless. Motherless babies are also fatherless, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, you know, orphans or, you know, people who have been taken care of in homes. A home is not the, one is a home now. Children's home is not yeah. the best place to raise a child. All right? It's not. So the Reverend Father was encouraging his parishioners to solve this problem and adopt these children to their own homes. But you see, because most of the parishioners didn't need children. Maybe they wanted three, they had three, they wanted four, they had four. They were not responding. So he got up one day, almost out of anger, <laughs> to initiate the response. So he started, adopted a child, brought the child into his house. He didn't have a wife, but he had people to assist him. But you see, what he was doing was different. He was solving a problem. They had a problem. You won't read in your Bible that there were orphanages because the culture, and which is also what we have in um, Africa, all right? We had it here until we brought a lot of um, European culture. Orphanages are European culture. African culture is that children are distributed to homes where they become children there. They're not orphans. They can't be orphans when there are adults around. How can they be orphans? So when the child is born, we don't, they give the child to the nearest couple. Hey, you yeah. take. That's if you've acquired a child. But these days we think only about ourselves. People think that there's poverty. They think there's a problem. So we gather these children and put them into homes. And then when you get to those homes, so even get them out for children, people who are willing to adopt them. When you hear of the kind of racket that's going on, your heart will bleed. Yeah. That for goodness sake, these children, because my own personal experience is the best time to have that child placed in a home is before he or she turns two years yes. of age. Yeah. After two is more difficult. Mm. Between birth and two years, the child grows up like a child born in the house. But you bring him when he's four or five. The, a lot of the minds have been formed. Mm. A lot of portions of the, the mind have been formed. Yes. Okay. You know, and they may find it very hard to be, feel accepted. Yet we drum these kids in um, um, orphanages and listen, old people's homes, orphanages. They are not, you don't find them in scripture, they don't find them in Africa originally. They are just modern things that people brought into um, the environment because people have become too selfish. Mm. Thinking, of, yeah, that's a word. You understand? I mean, parents get old. Where are their children? Okay, what if they don't have children? Where are their nephews and their nieces? That's what African culture, and I draw the word African culture, that's what Bible culture actually expected that we would do. You understand? You have to accept people into your homes. And if we had a, a, a way around it, we should outlaw these um, orphanages and old people's homes. Then they would have the children placed rapidly. I would teach everybody. I don't care who had the child, if, if, if somebody abandoned the child, the head of one guy, he went to report a case to the police burglary or something. He got there. He saw commotion, pandemonium. What's going on? Somebody found the baby abandoned by the roadside. And he asked the policewoman there, so what's going to happen? The woman was even confused. Didn't know what they were going to do. Hmm. Said, can I have the child? The policewoman said, not a problem at all. But, but this is not Nigeria. It really happened, Lagos. This really yeah. happened. Yes, it really happened. It really happened. I thought they did some... This, uh, they, they were too glad... To have this it was a newborn baby. To have this baby taken off their hands. They didn't know what to do. This guy is well to do. He turned the whole place. He started celebrating. Hmm. 
He wasn't married then. His fiance came and she was confused. Like, what is this guy doing? The guy was like, hey, come on. God just blessed us. What are you talking is it, about? She's a mother before she's a wife. She was already a mother before she's a wife. That Please just come and marry me sharp, sharp. Let's raise this child up. But, wow. you know, some people will laugh about that and think, oh, is he okay? I think what he did was right. I just delivered that child from a lot of trauma the child will have had to go through. A girl, a little girl, will have had to go through for the first few years of her life. Okay. Um, all right. So now, Pastor, you just said Bible... Um, culture. Mm-hmm. Times are changing. We really can't run away from the fact that um, our dispensation is a bit different from things that used to, let's say, a hundred, couple hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. So, is it right or is it really fair, you know, to expect us as Christians to still um, apply some of those things? Can't we apply the Bible, you know, based on the the it's changing great. trends yeah, and yeah yeah that's it no you're right but how do we apply it the, 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 what the bible teaches is you know the spirit of the law all right okay. the, the spirit of everything and that's what i'm saying the bible never said for example you know the, the world creates a lot of um cultures out of nothing and remember culture is a cloak of religion mm-hmm. that is the essence of culture is faith for those who understand, what I mean is that the real reason why we have our culture is our beliefs. Mm-hmm. Anything we believe forms our culture. All right? When people began to worship themselves and they stopped worshiping God, many of these cultures came up. Old people's homes, motherless babies' homes. They are a result of the fact that we were not people generally. Sometimes we were started by good people who had no choice. You hear of people like, I think, is it George Muller? Yeah. Yeah, George Muller. All right? He had to take in a lot of children. Why? Nobody else is taking them in. So before you know what's happening, he had a home for, in quotes, orphans. But he's not supposed to have a home for orphans. He was solving a problem at that time. Others, others should have seen that, hey, this man is solving this problem. Many of us should come and solve it. So the time comes. I mean, for goodness sake, there are many homes in this room. There are more homes in every society than there are orphans. So if everybody took one, one, it would even go around. But when nobody agreed to do it, Judge Muller had to do it. Then you will now have 10, mm. 20. Before you know what's happening, societies all over the world will now be starting a new terrible culture of creating orphanages mm. all over the place. Mm. Instead of us to get back to our churches and tell ourselves, this is not right. We should go back to our churches and tell ourselves, this is not right. That's just what I'm saying. Like, the African culture I'm talking about, I'm not trying to say that we shouldn't change. Must we change for the better, for the worse? Why don't we change for the better? You know, I want to tell two examples, all right? I had two friends move to two different continents, all right? One day I was talking to one of them, okay? No, just, ah, one day we'll just surprise you guys, show up in your home, you understand? These are abroad. I'm just mm-hmm. talking. It was, it, this was even long before I had the, the uh, ability financially to just get up and travel, okay? But I just said, one day, I mean, we're going to grow to one day, we'll just get up, show up in your house. You know, the first thing he, he did... He, told, he reminded me, he quickly pointed out to me that my house he was visiting in Enugu here then, his whole apartment was just a little bigger than my sitting room, including his bedroom, his sitting room, and, you know, and his kitchenette or whatever. <laughs> okay? Now, we're all the same, pro- same profession. Now, another friend I had, he moved to another country. Now, he and I spoke one day on the phone. And he said that, ah, the place where I'm working now, I have the opportunity to get a two-bedroom apartment or a three-bedroom apartment. He said the three-bedroom will be 
more expensive, they take it out of my salary because it's inside the premise of the institution. He said, but I think I'll go for the three-bedroom. Listen to his reason. He said, because I know one day you guys will come visiting. Wow. Can you see? Mindset. One person stylishly warned me not to surprise him with, vi- yeah. with the visit. The other one said, look, I will keep a space available because I know from Nigeria, people will show up one day. Hmm. So every time he gets a house, all right, he considers, that. he considers that. And when I finally visited him, he had a big house where he could easily host my wife and I. You see, when we talk about culture, it's first in our minds. It's not outside there. Wow. All right. Um, at this point, I think we'll take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Kingdom Word Radio, and the program right now is Ask Pastor Banky. If you're just joining us, you're welcome because you actually um, you, you get to enjoy the second half of today's episode. Please join the conversation on our socials: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the KW Radio. Pastor, um, there's another question here: Can one be filled with the Spirit of God without consciously accepting Christ as Lord and Savior? The Spirit of God. That terminology is very, very, very But wide. you know this feeling with the Holy Spirit baptism. No, the, the answer is no. It is reserved exclusively for believers in Christ Jesus. Jesus promised it to his believers, to his followers. Okay. Yes. Consciously being the watchword here. What do you mean by consciously? If you are referring the to the house of, of Cornelius, Cornelius, they consciously accepted the word. So Timothy, was, if you say did they did they walk forward to go um, to go and answer an altar call, it's a different matter. They were um, the house of Cornelius. Paul, Peter was preaching to them. The word was hearing them, like Paul referred to it later. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? With the heart, man believes, results in righteousness. You don't have to get up before you can believe with the heart. Hmm. So the man was preaching. They were accepting and drinking everything. He was saying in. So the spirit of the new life of Christ came into them while he was preaching, and the feeling of the spirit came in right after it. Of course, that can happen. But that they didn't give their life to Christ, no, it won't happen. If the spirit possesses anybody like that, it just to do a job for a short period and then departs from him. Okay. But it will not abide there. No, it won't. Okay, it won't abide there. No, it will not abide there. Okay. So from what you've said now, it's actually possible for the spirit to possess someone who is not born again to use him for a particular of thing. course uh, why not uh, kings are p- p- possessed like that all the time okay. uh, kings and rulers no that's see, god is not lim- you know when we talk about the hand of god the hand of god can come upon even an animal so that's not like a big the donkey deal. like the donkey okay the, the hand of god can come upon anybody anything anything so the word spirit that's why i said you know it's a spirit of god you know <laughs> but we are talking about the holy spirit that jesus promised mm. is purely to his church okay it's come to the body of christ it's come as a replacement of jesus jesus said i will go the spirit of truth will come that it will be with you mm. i can't be with the person who doesn't believe in christ jesus absolutely okay all right um so uh, there's this question here 
according to James chapter 1 verse 13 mm-hmm. and 14 um, paraphrase you know when one is tempted when one tempted no one shall say God is tempting me for God cannot be tempted by evil so and it goes on and on yes the question here is how can you explain this scripture when Jesus was tempted by the devil so is it no I don't get it Jesus was tempted by by, the devil yes Yes. by the devil Uh but the Bible says here in James chapter 1 that when one is tempted okay maybe I should read it to the end it says God cannot be tempted by evil nor does he tempt anyone Anyone. but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire yes and enticed yes so are we saying that jesus was tempted by his own evil desires no that one was stated clearly jesus was tempted by the devil please explain <laughs> no the devil came to tempt him i don't know is there any i can't see the confusion maybe that's my own issue there's no confusion james said that nobody should say god tempted him that's what james said basically mm-hmm. and then james says tempted to do evil that god does not tempt people to do evil the reason why he was saying that some people have been saying that God led them into that temptation and they did not. And he, of course, he was talking about people who did evil, mm-hmm. not those who su- successfully resisted. Okay. Of course, he wouldn't have. I mean, anybody who's resisting the temptation knows he has a war on his hands. Anyone falling into it is now blaming God. Just the way God willed it. <laughs> okay. Do you get my point? A man in America said this he had a wife, he had about, I think, five or six. Or seven children and um, serious quite a number of kids then one day he divorced the wife and the and left the family when the pastor asked him he said that's what god told him to do that's what james was addressing so what you have done is evil god didn't tell you to do it okay that's what james was talking about a man has done what is evil and he's not telling his god that says you should do it so james said it's not possible there's no evil in him therefore he cannot be dragging anybody into doing evil James was not addressing those who see such things as a temptation to resist. Nobody wants to fight God, per se. So if it's something to resist, then they know it's something. It's not God that's asking them to do. So James was, you know, when we read the scriptures, we always check in context. So he kept on saying, with evil, with evil. Like, you know the way I read um, um, the, the Lord's Prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The way many people think about it, lest evil not come upon us, uh, upon us. That was not what Jesus said. He said, deliver us from doing evil. Mm. So that's what he's saying. If you did evil, it's not God that made you do evil. Okay. You did evil. So why didn't Jesus fall for the temptation of the devil? Because there was no evil in him. So Satan came with the temptation. Forget it. You're on your own. I'm not going with you. So if anybody, like that man that we're talking about now, this the man is um he left his wife and like six kids i went to marry another woman and when pastor called he said that's what god told him to do and so james is saying that anytime he hears such things no the man is lying god never tells people to do that which is evil now if they did that which is evil there was evil in them and they dragged them to do that okay so but you know that um, these days we get tempted yes are we tempted by the devil or are we tempted by our lust? Both of them. Like, <laughs> you explain here. 
Some of these don't need the explanation. Both some of some them. People are wondering. No, they shouldn't wonder. Just resist it when it comes. Does it matter whether it's your flesh or the devil? Just don't do it. Okay. Okay. You know, sometimes we get too involved in the semantics of is it my flesh or the devil? Just don't do it. Do you get my point? Yes. Whether it's the devil or your flesh, it's the same resistance, the same method of resisting. Just do not do it. Okay, what difference will it make? Whether it's the devil or it's your flesh? It's the same resisting. It is written. You build up self. No, what, what James was saying, actually James was addressing all these issues, that we tend to push the blame. The devil pushed me. Why couldn't the devil push Peter to betray Jesus? Why could the devil not push James to betray Jesus? Why did the devil choose Judas? Those are what is so when we want to put it that the devil, the devil, he said that's where the problem is. We don't accept responsibility. So people say, is it my flesh or the devil? Is it the, okay? I will answer, it's your flesh. <laughs> Do you get what I'm trying to say? Okay. Because if the flesh was not cooperating. The devil came to Jesus. That's what tell, tell, tell us. The devil comes to everybody all the time. Mm. He said, he left him for a season. He will be back. The hair splitting thing about is it the devil or is my flesh mm. is not relevant. Okay. The point is that, for example, I'm a married man. The devil enters the body of a fine woman to come and tempt me. What difference does it make? Mm. Is the same. Is the same reaction I will give. Whether it's the devil, whether it's Yemoja, whether it's um, 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 Mami Water, that's why Mary Yemoja. Okay. You understand? Whether it's Mami Water spirit that come on. It that gave you like Mami Water. If they came, no, they said it's the witches that went to make him fall. You forget that thing. Mm. If the man had obeyed the simple scripture with the power of God and with prayer, draw near to the throne of grace to receive help at the time of need. If he had done all of these things, he would have understood that marriage is honorable in all and the bed must be undefiled. All mongers and adulterers, God will judge. Whether the adultery, adult, what's the word, the woman he committed adultery with, eh, whether that tempter is Yemoja in human flesh or <laughs> it is the, the normal woman that the man... It doesn't matter. It is the same resistance we give in both situations. I don't need a higher degree of resisting when it is the devil than I need when it is the flesh. Okay. So the, why I say that that question is hair splitting is that, okay, what difference is it going to make to the way you handle it? Mm. Some say, I will rebuke, him, rebuke your flesh too. Mm. Okay, now that's deep. Do you, do you understand <laughs> my point? Yes. But the summary of it is that they work together. That's what James was saying. You say it's the devil. He said, it's the area of your weakness. If you're not there staring at the fruit all the time, he won't tell you to eat. He mm. didn't go to pluck it for you. You were looking at it. I, I hope you're getting my yes. point. So that's when yes. people say it's the devil. We always say, why did Satan not push James? Why did he not push John? Why did he not push Andrew? There was Philip. There was Bartholomew. There was Peter. And these are people that are all there. Why did they choose you? In fact, even the Judas, there were two Judases. Mm. You understand? <laughs> There's one that is a carrot man. That somebody <laughs> said, Judas is carrot. <laughs> there was Jesus, Judas is carrot. Why did he pick Judas is carrot? It's simple. Jesus said it earlier. I have chosen you 12. One of you is a devil. That's what he said. The day he chose them 12, 
he said, I knew that one of you is a devil. So the devil mixes with the one that is the devil too. The other ones that were not devils, they had their own, it's not as if they never failed. They did. But you could not persuade even Thomas to betray Jesus Christ. It was one person read the scriptures. It was the first person that said, let us die with Jesus. It was the first person to say it. So the devil said, no, this one was not going to help me. He wants to die for Christ. Well, we won't sell him. Mm. So he went to the man who was already a thief. Yeah. That's why Paul wrote to Timothy, cleanse yourself of this thing so you'll be a vessel prepared for every good work. It's what you are prepared for that the devil uses you for. Okay, thank you, sir. And we don't have much time anymore. So I'm thinking, can we just use this time to... We talked about resisting. Yes. No matter the source of the temptation, yes. resist. Mm-hmm. Uh, please, can you just tell that person who needs to learn how to resist, a few steps on how to resist? Yeah, you know, first of all, the fundamental thing, Ah, I don't know how much time I have, but, you know, one of the reasons why we can't resist temptations is that we don't believe in the consequences of sin. And one way by which Jesus resists temptation was that he understood the consequences. Let me give an example. Many times, maybe you go for a late, late, I'm just using myself as a practical example. I'm going late for a meeting, all right? And I'm running late. I'm supposed to get somewhere by maybe 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. and I'm hungry. You know, I tend to stop as I'm leaving my house, pause in the kitchen, get something to eat it in a hurry, all right? And I rush for my meeting. So when I get there, I say, oh, I'm so sorry I'm late. I'm so sorry I'm late. But do you know the truth? If I was going to catch a flight, I would eat that food. There's no hunger that will make me pause, all right, to say, oh, let me quickly eat. When I know the flight is taking off by 10 o'clock, they say check-in is closing by 9.30, I need 30 minutes to get to the airport, and it's already 9.01. You can't tempt me with food. If my wife says, I quickly package it for you, I'm not going to wait. I'm rushing into the car, and I'm bolting off. Why? I know the consequence of going there late. But why do I get to my office, and I'm apologizing? Simply because I know mm, the meeting, the first few minutes of it, if I miss it, nothing bad will happen. They, will count, they may wait for me. They may you know, rehash the things mm. that had gone, gone on before I came. Basically, in my mind, there's no such a serious you know, consequence. consequence, you know? So I, that's why. So when it comes to sin, it's like that too. Many of us don't fear God. We believe he's merciful, he's not fearsome, you know? not fearful, not somebody to be trembled. You know, they tell don't, don't, don't worry about him. So that's, that lack of fear makes it more difficult to resist. So fundamentally, if we fear the consequences of sin, it will be easier to resist. That is one. Another thing is that how do you resist sin? It's not by your own power. You resist it through prayer. So first you understand the consequence and just by the way, it has very deadly consequences. Mm. It shortens life, shortens destiny. It makes people poor. It makes people sick. Jesus said, and then, I need to add this, we are not allowed to say, God will forgive, so we continue. Anybody that says, God will forgive, so I will do it. That individual will not receive that forgiveness. Why? You are mocking God. You first have to re- repent of that assumption, that mockery, that presumption before you can even receive forgiveness. And many times, God does something to people. Many people won't like to hear this. He gives you a reason never to think like that again. Mm. 
You say, oh, so don't worry, I'll do this one. Then God will forgive me. Because I will forgive, but I will make sure you never think like that again. You're okay? So exactly. when we understand those things, the consequences, we'll now go to the place of prayer and go and beg God to help us anytime we see a, a, a sin coming. That's number two. And number three, the weapon that God gives us is his word. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. Whether it is flesh, all right, whether it's the devil, you conquer both with God's word. So I don't need to feel like I will not do this. I just need to recite to myself what God is saying about it. For example, the example I gave of a man being tempted by Yemoja in human flesh. Mm. <laughs> That's my water. I just said to use the word <laughs> Yemoja. All right. All he needs to do, no matter how attracted this man is to Yemoja, all he just needs to do is keep telling himself, marriage is honorable in all. The bed must be undefiled. All mongers and adulterers, God will judge. Just recite that every day. That word will keep him standing. Okay. Thank you so much, sir. And we have come to the end of today's episode. Uh, please, if you have any questions, remember to send them to ask at pastor.ng ask at pastor.ng and kindly follow us on our socials facebook instagram and twitter at the kw radio leave your comments there and um, get back to you my name is hope have a blessed day mm-hmm.